Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. I have so many updates for you. For those of you who have been following on social media, you might have seen that I was off on an African safari. This has actually been a total dream trip of mine. I honestly, since I was a little kid, like I've always been a really big animal lover and it's always been something that I have dreamt about going to. I haven't really gotten the chance to explore the entire continent of Africa. And so was very, very excited for that. Also last year, I listened to the book Spare by Prince Harry and I definitely am a fan of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. I really loved his book. You might have seen the TikTok sounds that were making fun of the little parts where he talked about his frozen todger, but if you actually listen to the book, it was like a lot of tea, a lot of English royal tea. It, I found it very intriguing, did its job as like a good PR tool to make me fall in love with Prince Harry. I've never been into the culture of the royals, nor have I like ever watched the crowd. I was going into it not really knowing anything. Anyways, I read this book and as, as well as being a love letter to Meghan, it is also a love letter to Botswana. Botswana is basically where Prince Harry went every time time he got in trouble, every time the media was on his ass about either some true or false rumor that he had done drugs or had sexual affairs, he would just go to Botswana as a part of the British protectorate and he would go there and spend time with really close friends, Mike and Tig. That's what their names were. I think that they were like wildlife photographers or documentarians. I am not sure of the details, but he would go to Botswana. He would just kind of find himself. He would appreciate the nature of it all and be able to be removed. So Think of me like at the height of starting August, you know, we're a year into business. This is like 2022. I'm listening to the book Spare and I'm just like feeling all of it. Yes, Prince Harry, life is crazy. People are saying false shit about me online, obviously at a totally different scale because I'm not a freaking British royal. But I think I the book really just spoke to me and I think I have my Meghan Markle, which is my Henry. I wanted some of that Botswana magic. I wanted to experience the animals and the nature of it all. I mean, it's just such even on paper, such an incredible honoring of nature and animals and different parts of the world. I was very, very excited. I'm very good at saving money. I do not live a very like lavish lifestyle on the day to day. For me, it's like I need my scrambled eggs every day. I want the money to be able to like go out with friends and treat my friends and family if we go out to dinner and I go to Pilates and I have like my Pilates membership. But besides that, like I don't have a lot of like daily expenditures. Usually all of my travel is for for work, meaning that it's not money that is dipping into my savings or otherwise I'm on the road because I am being paid to be on the road or the travel expenses are being covered. So I have really been saving a lot. And for me, I've thought a lot about like, what am I actually saving for? Sometimes it's to work on my health. I spend money on things like Invisalign or getting my teeth redone or getting facials. But sometimes saving allows me to go on these trip of a freaking lifetime. I was so excited. This is actually the first time that I've ever like spent money 
money on like a trip that was really just for fun at this level. We dropped definitely like five digits of cash on this because, you know, I wanted to know that if I was going to Botswana, I was going to see as much as I possibly could. No matter how much research I did, I didn't really have the faith that I would be able to figure out the perfect itinerary. So ended up connecting with a family friend who actually already had a trip planned and had done a bunch of research, found an amazing travel agent that could help me kind of identify where I was going to go, what the itinerary was going to be, and how I could maximize my time there. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to have the opportunity, the honor to go to Botswana again in my lifetime. I really hope I do because there's so much more to see. I felt really excited about making this investment just for the experience, to pay respect as a tourist who was just really excited to see nature. I honestly wish I did more homework on the history of Botswana before I went on the trip, but work was really crazy. So Henry and I actually like got on the plane without having really paid attention to like the actual packing list or itinerary. This was very much an experience of like, you know what? We're excited for this. We're just going to roll with the punches. Let's see how it goes. What was really exciting is we went to a total of three different places. We started off at Chobe Game Lodge, which is within the Chobe National Park, a giant, giant park. And then we got on a little safari plane and we went to Kugana. Well, actually in Bushman language, it's Mugana and there's like a little click on the X, but I'm still working on my pronunciation of that. But they encouraged tourists to just say Kugana. We went to Kugana Island, which was so beautiful. I'll tell you about it. And then we ended our trip at Camp Moremi. We were actually traveling with my group of family friends, most of whom were like over the age of 65, which I absolutely loved because I felt like I was just surrounded by a lot of really genuine excitement to see the world. There was no presence of social media or this obsession with capturing content. Obviously, I captured a lot of content and I learned Henry is a wildlife photographer and he was going to capture a lot of content. But with our overall group, it was just a lot of living in the present moment. It was also a lot of just life wisdom. I'm a very curious person. I love asking people about their dating life and like their hopes and their dreams and where they come from. And I definitely feel like I'm interested in also hearing about like other people's tea and trauma just because I obviously have mine and I feel like a lot of my work, it's not trauma dumping but it's definitely like sharing a lot of mine and so I feel like in my personal life I really just like to ask questions and to learn from other people the group was really fun and I will say the biggest thing that I did not expect is how perfect of a trip going on an African safari is if you were a senior citizen every single day at any one of these lodges is basically structured in the same way you wake up at like 5 30 or 6 a.m you know so early bird senior citizen special time they give you a little coffee a little tea some cookies and then you go on like a three or four hour game drive or some other safari thing, whether it's a walking safari or you're going on a boat, but usually it's like you're walking or you're sitting in a boat. You do that for like four hours, you come back, you have breakfast, you eat, you eat a lot. Then you rest from 10 to 11.30, you get back in a boat for like a midday activity, you come back, you have a big lunch, and then you rest, you have like a little afternoon nap time, and then you go back out for like an evening game drive or sort of activity, then you have dinner, and then you go to sleep. And you go to sleep because you're gonna need to wake up at like 5.30 in the morning. But if you really do the math on that, safari math is basically looking at your day and saying, we're gonna spend eight to 10 hours just sitting. You're gonna be sitting and looking at amazing things. So it's not something you complain about. It is truly one of the most beautiful, magical things. Or you're going to be eating. And you usually are eating like six meals a day because you have that 5.30 a.m. thing. You have the breakfast. Then you have the lunch. Then you regroup usually at like 3 p.m. for an afternoon snack. And then you come back and you have a little snack before you leave. And you have like a happy hour on the boat. And then you have dinner. You 
are constantly eating and it's not light food. It's like heavy food. You are eating heavy food and it's so delicious. At all of these lodges that we were at, it was so delicious, so yummy. So we were just like snarfing our faces. For me especially, every rule or thought of intuitive eating goes out the freaking door when I'm traveling. Because for me, it's like I spent money on this. I've been looking forward to this. And so much of exploring a culture of a new place is through food. It's trying new foods. It's trying what these meals are and how they're prepared and like looking at how different chefs prepare meals. I wanted to eat everything. When you look at the days when you're like literally sitting for eight to 10 hours and then you're eating six times a day and you're eating a lot and eating well and you're trying to eat and try everything. I got so out of shape, which definitely was not helpful for like body image stuff. Usually I'm all about routine. I basically eat the same thing every day. My grocery list is always the same. I work out for like an hour or two a day, but here I was doing none of that. I feel like my intuitive eating went out the door at the same time. I found myself gaining a lot of weight. I gained around 10, 12 pounds in that one week. And it wasn't just eating. It was also the fact that I did not fucking poop for this whole trip. The trip was 10 days long in total, including travel days. Literally, I did not poop. I was just going about my day. I felt like I needed to poo, but it's just a thing when I travel where I cannot go. I sit on the toilet. It's painful. There was actually this one point where I thought I was going to poo and I had my like legs up on the toilet seat. I was like all crumbled up in my little pooping position and it just would not come out. And then I saw a spider, like a big wall spider that was like the biggest spider I'd ever seen. We later learned that it was not poisonous, but I saw this spider and I swear to you, I lamped up my whole body and the poop just got sucked back into me and stayed there for the next week. Thankfully, after a couple days back home and taking a lot of oxidized magnesium, my Mago 7 solution, I've cleared out my body. I'm getting back into the habit of semi-regular bowel movements, but it was a painful time. Anyways, all that to say, the trip was absolutely amazing. We saw more wildlife than I even expected to see. I knew we were going to see all the elephants and the lions, and we hoped to see the big five, the big game five, but we were so lucky around seeing even animals that I was worried we wouldn't see because they're on the red list for risk of extinction or were just really rare to be seen. So it was the most beautiful, magical trip. I thought a lot actually about God and a higher power because I feel like it was so magical and so beautiful that you look at this herd of elephants and these baby elephants and how they're right next to lions and giraffes and their zebras and you just look at how complex these animals are and you look at this whole ecosystem of a natural world that you honestly aren't usually exposed to learning about their animal dynamic I kept telling Henry who was not having these thoughts about God or higher power but I kept looking at him and being like it's just so magic it makes you emotional it's so beautiful it's so magical how is this not created by some higher power it's so specific and so unique. It's just, I know science. I believe absolutely in evolution and science and evolutionary biology. I believe in that. But when it's so magical, you start to have questions. I grew up in the Catholic church, in the Christian religion. I think that those are thoughts that I have not thought about in a really long time. I've really struggled with my religious beliefs. It was really in this trip that I started to have a lot more of these thoughts just because I was truly that mesmerized by all of it. Anyways, I want I wanted to tell you three specific tenets of thought or memories from the trip that have really stuck with me. A lot of the why they're sticking with me is because I feel like they really pertain to human life, human nature. One is that obviously I had a lot of questions about how are we able to drive around and get with like a few feet of a lion and they're not 
hurting us? How do we make sure as tourists that we're respecting their land and how do we make sure that they're not scared of us or anything like that? One of the things that every single guide talks to you about is you do not interact with the animals unless they are injured or if they're hurt or if they like attack a human. As soon as they attack a human and they know that that is possible, that animal unfortunately does usually have to be executed just given that it puts a lot of people in danger outside of diamonds which is the number one industry in Botswana tourism is the second it is not only better for the overall country it is kind of imperative that they keep tourists safe so that people keep coming and supporting the local economy when an animal is injured even if it's from like natural causes it is more dangerous to let that animal be in pain and be angry it's better to either capture them and heal them or better to kill them. That was really heartbreaking when I first heard it because obviously like you don't want to think of a beautiful leopard having a broken paw being executed just because it has a broken paw. The more the guides explain this to you, the more I feel like I was like trying to really read into it where they kind of talk about if an animal or even if a human is hurt on the inside and it's this constant personal struggle to get food or to survive or to push forward, that anger and turmoil turmoil makes the animal very aggressive. It's something that is very unpredictable and puts the whole ecosystem at risk. I think that's not unlike what we can see with trauma. When I heard that, I was journaling about just how much that brought up a lot of what I've talked to about therapists, where I would potentially perpetuate more harm if I'm not taking care of myself, if I'm leading from a place of pain or feeling broke. On our one of our last days in Botswana, actually, at Camp Maremi, there was an instance in which there was a leopard who had a broken jaw, a female leopard. Le Leopards are very at high risk of extinction. Even when we were at Toby National Park, where it is the biggest national park out there, there are only 20 leopards left. Leopards are very rare to see. We thankfully saw a few of them, but this leopard that came onto Camp Morami property had a broken jaw. All of these camps actually have to let animals pass through. It's like a rule to protect the nature, protect the animals. So the only animal that can be fenced out is elephants because they'll just eat all the trees, potentially break down the houses because they're that strong. There was this leopard with a broken jaw and another guest there was actually a veterinarian who had worked on like some baby lion cubs and things like that. They were explaining to us they needed to capture this leopard. They actually ended up shooting it with a tranquilizer and then kind of carting it off to a veterinarian. If they were to let it out, that leopard would become very angry and very desperate because they often knew that humans or potentially there's more just activity and less proximity to lions on the day-to-day -day and predators than out in the wild. They come near the humans. Our whole crew was watching through binoculars, seeing them tranquilize this leopard, wondering if they were going to kill it or if they were going to take it away. They ended up taking it away and basically what they told us was that they were going to try to heal the jaw, maybe do some surgery, but that it would not go back into the wild. There are these sanctuaries where once the animal is hopefully healed, it does not go back in the wild, it stays within this sanctuary. That kind of goes to how you can maintain that there's this really untouched healthy relationship between animals, nature, and the tourists, which is a huge part of the Botswana economy. Economy. Big life lesson, if an animal's injured, it's more dangerous to let it be angry and in, in pain. It's better to either heal them or to kill them. That's like a very extreme way of looking at it, but it's just something that stuck with me for a really long time. The second moment, we witnessed this really beautiful scene and I actually captured it on camera where we were looking at this pride of lions and they were like really close. It was probably like 20, 30 yards away. We see this pride of lions where there's like a young male and nine lionesses. Lions are top of the fucking jungle. They are killers. They 
are very dangerous. But an elephant who's a freaking herbivore, vegetarian, that's very big. And oftentimes a lot of the male elephants are lonesome. They're going around all by themselves. An elephant, because they're so big, try to scare the lions away. Sometimes the lions will try to get them and eat them. But because elephants have very thick skin and often like, especially with the breeding herd, they are in these big groups. They're like pretty okay. But we saw this really beautiful scene where we saw the pride of lions where they're just sleeping. But we see one lioness roaming off trying to crawl and attack something in the woods. And this elephant charges out doing the or whatever it's called. That was my elephant imitation. And basically pushes the lion from where it's at. The lion is running away. So most of the lions kind of continue lying down, but the elephant charges at the young male and kicks the male lion out of its spot. And then the lions are just sleeping. They're kind of watching the elephant, like honestly more nervous than the elephant. And the elephant literally proceeds to kick sand around and eat grass. We watched this whole thing. We were like drinking a little wine from our little safari explorer truck, but I was so so mesmerized by this. It just filled me with so much respect for this elephant. And I was maybe reading in too much to how these animals were just operating. It just felt like this message of calm confidence of the elephant is this herbivore. It's not going to eat the lion. The lion, if they really tried, it might take a long time, could take down this elephant. The elephant has no interest in eating them. But to protect its peace and literally to end up minding its own business, being peaceful, it can be so powerful with this very calm confident. I've been thinking about this when I have found myself in stressful situations in the last couple weeks since I've returned from this trip where I'm like I am a lone elephant and there are these hungry lions around and they're not going to eat me because I'm going to be a calm person. I'm not even trying to eat the other lions. I'm just going to go kick sand, mind my own business because this is where I wanted to go. This was the path and the pasture I wanted to go to. Lions are in the way. I'm going to have calm confidence. I'm not going to hurt anybody because I have no interest in hurting anybody or eating other people but I'm just gonna you know speak my truth be big be loud be proud and I'm gonna like go about my business anyways I've been channeling that elephant that male elephant lonesome elephant standing its ground amongst these pride of lions the third thing that I've thought a lot about obviously is this like animal nature and human nature how much can we really compare the two and learn from these a lot of my work centers around talking about gender and sex and the difference between the two and I feel very very passionate about it and oftentimes a pushback that I get is people saying, well, animals don't have people who are non-binary or animals that are non-binary. Gender is not this made up thing for them. Actually, in some places, animals definitely are between not exactly male, not exactly female. We don't know all the details, but animals don't necessarily have social constructs of gender. In that sense, animals and humans are very, very different. You cannot use exact equal arguments against things like social constructs in pertinence to animals. However, I think that one of the things I found really beautiful is when looking at animals, and I think this is where I've thought of like a rebuttal to a lot of those haters who say like animals don't have these you know, trans identity things to think about. A lot of what I've thought about is how we are a very different species, obviously. Humans are very, very different. And when you look at every single animal, there is a very different way of living and a dynamic between sex, between parenting, between reproducing. And I think you see this a lot in the idea of like solitude and mating. They're so different. We can assume that every species is very different. So you can't just bucket all animals in one and say that this these animal dynamics um, prove that humans shouldn't have a right to question these things. Humans are so unique. Humans 
while we are animals, are our own species of animals. And just like the lifestyle and social dynamics of a leopard, which is a solitary animal, are very different than the social dynamics of elephants, where there's sometimes a lone male, there's like a bachelor herd, there's a breeding herd, the breeding herd gets really big, the elephant females never like leave the breeding herd. There's so many interesting dynamics that this is my new rebuttal, which is when people come at me and they're like, I'm not going to change the way I think about gender because this is nature, this is human nature, this is animal nature my thing is going to be like okay but social dynamics this is social dynamics we're talking about social identity how people play a role in the overall society of that species and of other animals every animal has such a different social dynamic how could we possibly even compare our social dynamic to them that's my new rebuttal and that is my third and final thing i wanted to share with you anyways it was such a dream trip i definitely am still working off all the food that i ate not just because i'm like obsessed with my body looking different way i genuinely could not run or walk up the stairs without huffing and puffing. I don't like feeling that way. I like feeling ready to run and go and go about my day. I feel like I'm really enjoying being in one place. Unfortunately, I'm traveling a lot in October. I'm excited for like the end of this year where I just get to kind of like close up the year and get ready for 2024 and really be in my element, be a homebody and all of that. So with that, it was so amazing to chat with all of you. And next episode, I actually am going to talk about Vedic astrology because I did that with an astrologer. It was super cool and I'm very excited to chat more with you about all of that. I will talk to you next time on the next episode of Tigris. Bye y'all. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.